We got now 10 games left in the season for the Arizona Coyotes. Where does Arizona go from here? What? Do, where do they stand among the NHL teams? What do we expect from them in the final 10 games and beyond? I'm going to talk about that on today's episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlik on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. We got a good show for you on today's episode. We're just getting, you know, getting through the final 10 games, Carl, because, uh, you know, if you had told me at this point in the season that the Arizona Coyotes would be uh, with uh, 27 wins. 66 points, I'd be like, no. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, it's definitely one of those things where we should expect incremental growth by the Coyotes. Um, but this season has really been like carried off of the performance of some key players, and they've stolen some games. Um, it's, it's quite impressive to kind of look back at. Yeah, it really is, because you look at you know, the win streaks they had, what they had like, um, you know, in the, or just the point streaks that they had. You wonder, uh, this, I believe they're still on technically a point streak because they've only lost an overtime recently. Uh, I think, no, the point streak ended, um, oh, they're lost to the Jets. Yep. Yeah. So if they get a point tonight, it'll be the start of a new point streak. But what it was eight games, uh, including a, a four-game win streak thrown in there. So that, that's really impressive, especially after the trade deadline when you expect them to be at their weakest. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the most interesting thing um, that you would think that that'd be the case, especially because they lost a lot of players. They yeah. lost Jacob Chickman. They lost um, Shane Gossespierre. They lost Nick Bukestad. They lost Nick Ritchie. Like, and you'd think, it's like, okay, they lost so many people. This team is just going to be, is like, it's stripped down. You know, not like to, you know, complete bare bones, but it's pretty darn, it's pretty darn stripped down. Yeah. So you're like, okay, it's now time for the tank for Bedard. We're just like, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, Ride the end of the season, you know, get to the, get towards the bottom of the standings, draft Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli, and that is that. Um, obviously, we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about the lottery and you know where where they kind of set up that in a little bit, but that didn't happen. They didn't slide like, as what we expected to. They just kept going. Well, there, it's definitely been noticeable. I will say this: like looking back at the past couple games, the Coyotes have won, but they're getting less offense from their blue line. Uh, Val Mackey has really stood up. Um, Mosier also doing really well. Had a goal in the Coyotes' last game, but you know it's not as consistent of a offense from there. Um, and you know, Bukestad, of course. 
that's a, a pretty big loss. But, you know, his line mates, Matthias Michelli and Lawson Kraus, they've continued to have success together. Jack McBain's thrown in there. Um, so, like, it's, you know, it, it's what we want to see. It is the younger players performing while the veterans are on the move. And that's what you want. And yeah, that's definitely what you want to see. The That idea about that, you know, that the future of the Coyotes is in good hands. And that's the case. It really is. It's just, you know, and I'll reiterate, surprising it happened this early, um, given not A, just our expectations, and B, just what we had in mind for the season in the sense that, like, okay, this was going to be, you know, that tanking year. And I know, and and I'll go back to what you said, several times over the course of the last couple of years is that or organizations tank players don't. Yeah. This is another very good year of an example of that being the case. You look at the, what Bill Armstrong has done. He's stripped it, stripped this team down to kind of, you know, see if they can get as good of a good of a draft pick as they could in the upcoming is upcoming draft. But this team just kept winning. And, and, you know, there's a big elephant in the room that we haven't discussed yet. Um, and, and I think it's it's key and it, it needs to be something that we look at the next few years when deciding how the Coyotes are going to go. And that's Clayton Keller. He is having just a phenomenal year. Um, he has built off his last season like tremendously well exactly how you would hope uh he currently has 34 goals 44 assists 78 points um he is likely going to surpass redeem verbata's 35 goal season which is going to make him like have the most goals scored in a coyote since i've watched and he could very well um overtake kachuk for the like record for most points as a coyote like what is it 82 84 i think 82 let me check real quick unfortunately he's still a ways off from like franchise history because those jets numbers uh some of them are just ridiculous i mean especially if you look at the waja jets years it's like that's Or just Team Mussolini. Just Team Mussolini. That's all you gotta. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why can't Clayton Keller have a seventy-goal rookie season? Come on. Why? Why is he so lazy? Uh, who knows? I was gonna go year by year, but I'm like, I could just look at Kachuk, uh, and that'll tell me, <laughs> right? Because we um, know it's him. I mean, I know um, it's. I know it's in the low eighties. And I think, knowing that, I think Keller can definitely overtake that. With 10 games left. uh, 10 games left. Left against, uh, you know, mostly playoff teams. um, The exception, actually, three of them are not playoff teams. Three of them are bottom barrel teams that are also tanking. Yeah. But, you know, he's got to reach, uh, what did I say, 86 points. 86, okay. Yeah. He is currently at... 78. So he needs 8 points. If he maintains his point per game... Uh, point per game 
um, pace, he's easily going to pass that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, over point per game pace. Exactly. So, like, the idea that the Coyotes would have a point per game player is astonishing. The fact that we are going to see, knock on wood, in all likelihood, Clayton Keller set a record in a tank year, like, I, I know that if the Coyotes miss out on a top three pick, there's questions about whether or not they should go again and look for a generational talent. I, I don't think you're going to get it if you keep Clayton Keller on the team. And you shouldn't trade Clayton Keller no. for Clayton the Keller chance at a the, lottery. Clayton Keller is the centerpiece of this Arizona Coyotes team throughout the rebuild. You do yeah. not mess with that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, let's give some credit to his line mates uh, before break. Barrett Hayton has looked extremely good. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, 50 points in 53 games. Like, that's great. You love to see it. Like, mm-hmm. that whole line is clicking. And, sure, it's one line. And a team with one line can be stopped pretty easily. But still a very impressive line. Exactly. We're going to continue to talk about the A's and the Coyotes' final 10 games of the season and beyond. Uh, where, where, where we think they are. We'll talk about the lottery. All that in just a bit. But first, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors on the show. So let's continue this conversation, Carl. Um, let's let's let, let's kind of re retake a look at the tank because there is a very slim chance now that they're going to be, um, you know, get a top three pick. It's still I there. I think it's like ten percent. That's not that slim. It's still it's still pretty slim. I mean, it's better than it's 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 much less than the what um what 33 percent that they would have got they would have gotten for the first overall first overall pick if they if they completely nuked everything yeah um but it, it goes back to the question you had about you know clayton keller is like do you just like like or kind of the not really a question, but like the idea that you said, hey, you can't really get rid of Clayton Keller to continue tanking to get someone like Connor Bedard. You just can't do that. Yeah. Um, Connor Bedard, would he change the franchise in an instant? Absolutely. If the Coyotes are able to, you know, somehow get up in those sta- in, in the uh, lottery and somehow really win out and uh, get Connor Bedard, will we be happy? Oh, absolutely. Is it the yeah. end of the world if they don't get him? No, because of this, because of the talent they already have, Carl, um, one, and two, um, this is a deep draft. Like, it might still be, it might still be a far-fetched idea for, uh, for Adam Fantilli. That's fine. Um, but, uh, Leo Carlson, maybe, but Mitchkoff, maybe some of these other ones, they're pretty good. They're they're pretty close in there, and they've still got a chance to get the, some really really high end talent in this upcoming draft. Yeah, and, and I mean, let, let's say this: if the Coyotes do not get a top three pick, then what they can do, what they have less pressure to do, is draft defensemen. 
because mm-hmm. the the high end talent, the 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 names that we've been talking about since the start of the season They're have forwards. primarily been forwards. Yeah, yeah. So the Coyotes have a massive weakness at the blue line right now, and not having that pressure means that you can draft for a position, which is not something that I generally think you should do. I think you should go for the best player. But, you know, when we when we were building the fantasy lines for the Coyotes the next couple seasons, like we we were able to give like three solid lines, you know, without a player at this year's draft. We could not do that for the blue line. We cannot fill out a blue line with the Coyotes prospects in the pipeline right now. Right. Exactly. So that's one thing you can, that's one way you can look at it. Also keep in mind, they still do also have the uh, Ottawa Senators um, pick, which could very well go up too, um, to a decent, you know, point. Obviously we'll it can't be the top five because it's top five protected, but that's the, still, they still get it. The Senators are currently five points out of a playoff spot with 10 games. So they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Uh, I'm willing to throw that out there. Uh, They have, what was it? Um, 75 points in 72 games. So, yeah. Honestly, uh, they're, they're slightly better than the Coyotes. They're nine points better than the Coyotes. Which is not that much uh, when you look at some of the other teams. No, but, it's not. Yeah, it's not that much better at all. And you look, so you you look at that. They have two picks. One of those two picks has to be used on a defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, both of them probably should be used on a defenseman. That is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think the Coyotes need to go with some, like, they need to take a chance in the blue line because you are not necessarily going to get a guaranteed defenseman, a guaranteed number one. Like, you are going to need to get as many as you can and hope that one of them hits in a big way. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think... I'll even go ahead and throw this out a little bit more, um, Carl. And the idea that maybe the growth that we're seeing from Logan Cooley in his college freshman year at Minnesota could very well also give us the idea. It's like, okay, maybe we're going to be pretty deep at, in our forwards, knowing the, the uh, you know, the upswing of talent that's that's sh- showcasing right now on our current roster, as well as taking a look at this kid who's tearing it up in the in the in the NCAA. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I don't want to discount like some of the other prospects who have had like pretty solid, uh, you know, years, but but Cooley is definitely a big piece. You have Barrett Hayton currently as your number one center. Um, that takes a little bit of pressure off of Cooley. That's fine. Right. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with with him like not being on the top line uh, next year. 
because it does seem like he is going to be joining the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, you can kind of work out from there. Like, we have seen that Matias Michelli is a is a really impressive playmaker. Throw him with Cooley. Kind of see how that works. Um, I would be interested to see, like, what they can do, you know, with Gunther on the other wing. Like, have a very young kind of line, which is, let's be real, the opposite of what Tockett would have done. And Gunther has has um, has played out better than a lot of people thought this soon also. So if these players are kind of panning out, you know, a little bit sooner, then, you know, the outlook looks good. Obviously, they still have to develop to the level that we expect for more elite play. And that's going to take a little bit. That's fine. But... You look at what they're. You look at that potential to have how they're playing. It's a hundred percent there. Yeah, it it is definitely a, a a hard situation for the Coyotes to be in because you know every team would love to start their rebuild with a generational talent. Everyone would love to do that. Unfortunately. I don't think the Coyotes are going to have that opportunity without getting lucky. And you shouldn't, you can't plan on being lucky. That is the thing about luck. It is unplanned. Um, So, I mean, ultimately, it may be a situation where it's kind of the the race that they got to go with and, and, you know, supplement their offense through trade, supplement, like, Acquire players in addition to the dead contracts. Start bringing in prospects instead of picks. Um, sign a, a splashy free agent. Or offer sheet someone. Like they have the they have the draft capital to offer sheet someone if necessary. Yeah. So do it if you really want if 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 you're really serious, if Bill Armstrong is really serious about building. Um, and I know we're talking about the final two, 10 games as well, but if Bill Armstrong is, you know, really serious about, you know, building this team, he says he wants to build through the draft. That's fine. But you have to look elsewhere too, because the draft, you can, like, you know, you'll get a player who can play, you know, right away in the first, in the first 10 picks. Sure. Um, that's, tends to be usually the case, usually the way to get. Um, but outside of that, these are players that wait a couple years. Um, I'm a firm believer, Carl, that the Coyotes should at least have a kind of level, not pushing playoffs very, very soon, but ha- have a pushing in that trajectory pretty darn soon and at least give the idea that they're really pushing for that with knowing the arena situation that they have right now sure like it 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 is definitely something that we're going to need to discuss on like an episode of itself but with the initial premise of this being a five-year rebuild by year four and five you expect them to be like on the on the way up like playoff like contention bubble that sort of thing and you know, building through the draft is fine. I, I would actually say that, like, the top 
three would be right away. The th- and then four through ten, that's more like a a season. And yeah, it's it's really hard to look at the season that Clayton Keller especially is having and say this is a team that could be competing for a top three spot next season in in the draft. I just I don't see it happening because you know you gotta imagine there are teams that are on the way down. Like the Sharks are probably gonna get worse next season. The Canucks God, I don't even know what's gonna happen to them. It's gonna be a train wreck. But like the Coyotes are like they can still build to the draft. Yeah. And build and add other pieces. You could supplement the draft. Exactly. I mean, that's, let, let's look at this. The Coyotes right now have what, over 30 picks through the next three years of, of, of the NHL draft. That yeah. is unbelievable. So don't need to worry about that at all. Yeah. Heck, maybe package some of those picks and move up in the draft. Uh, we've seen that. I mean, they did it last year. Yeah. They did it to uh, get Connor Geeky. It happened. Yep. Although, with, with, which is still a question mark of a pick to some people, but we'll see. We'll see how he plays out. I'm pretty. I'm trying to be as optimistic for Connor Geeky as I can. Yeah. Uh, he is definitely a player to to keep your eye on. Anyways, though, we're gonna go finish off. Um, take a just a a very glimpse at the last ten games. See how it all plays out. Where Arizona Coyotes, where the Arizona Coyotes will finish. In the standings, before we get to any of that, though, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsors on the show today. So let's take a look, Carl, at the last 10 games. We mentioned, I mentioned briefly that the last 10 games are against um, mostly playoff teams with three bottom barrel teams. Uh, it starts, Carl, with a two-game home-and-home with the Colorado Avalanche. What a way to start the last 10 games. Yeah. Um, and it is the Colorado Avalanche have proven to be like the Black Knight for Monty Python, only instead of just standing there with one leg, he regrows all of his limbs. Because uh, they are looking really good. Seven wins in their last 10 games, uh, including wins off of bottom feeder teams. So, like, one of the things I've always looking for is like, Hey, I know how well you play against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know how well you play against the Dallas Stars. How do you play against the Montreal Canadiens? How do you play against the San Jose Sharks? Like, do you let those easy points go away? Uh, the Colorado Avalanche do not. Uh, they are looking for first in their division. Expect them to be ready. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. Just um, no doubt, no doubt, a tough two games, no doubt about it. Um, but I think it's a good way to kind of get, get these young guys going, right? Yeah. Last year, we talked about throwing some kids to the fire. This year, it's like, not so much like, yeah, okay, that's still a challenge. But I feel like at this point in the season, there's no harm in just letting these kids write it and, and develop. Yeah. Uh, one series that I want to talk about... Uh, three games against the Seattle Kraken. 
three three out of four games uh, in like a, a week in April, it's going to be cracking. Oh, it's going to be it, that's going to be crazy if we have those three, um, and especially because the Kraken are a team that's you know just right there on the you know in the playoff spot in the Pacific Division, and they're you know they're they're looking good. They're looking surprisingly good. And I'm pretty sure that they want to focus on where they place in the Pacific Division because I think there's still a chance that they can move up in the standings a little bit. Um, it's not a whole lot of a chance, but they might want to try to see if they can overtake the Oilers for the third spot, you know, so they don't have to worry about going up against a, uh, you know, the... Either like the Golden Knights or the Wild, depending on the other Wild card team. Yeah, but I mean, now we're starting to get the spoiler game. So, like, are the Kraken going to be like looking past the Coyotes, especially on that third night? I'm not sure. It it, it almost feels like a mini series. Like the the fact that all three games are so closely placed together. Like, you, I imagine they're going to be doing their prep work. Oh, absolutely. And um, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of prep work. And I think it, either way, no matter what, it'll still be a challenge for the Coyotes. It'll be a big challenge for the Coyotes because, you know, there are teams earlier this year that kind of wrote the Coyotes off because, like, oh, we're a better team, easily a better team. So, you know, and then they end up losing um, like crazy. Cough, yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs, cough. Exactly. Um, the Kraken are definitely not going to be one of those teams because of where they are and because, like, so those three games, all three of them are going to be a massive challenge because they're not going to just, not that they are lower in the standings so they want to also fight, fight to prove themselves, but because they're, because they are where they are right now. <laughs> They're yeah, right let's be real. The, the Kraken should not be taking anyone lightly. Uh, they were not locks to make this. They still no, they were terrible last year. Yeah, there there is still a chance that they may slip out of the standings. So, but you know, it, it's, can you imagine it's, that they slip down the standings? Not only did they go on a losing streak, but they lose all three of those games to Arizona. And then that caused them to slip out of the playoffs. Can you imagine the chaos? That that is one of the things that you fire a coach over, or a GM, or 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 somebody. Like there are losses that are so big, you're like, so someone is fired. I'm not sure who it is yet, but that's but we need to send a message, and that could happen. I mean, remember last year I was kind of calling for chaos at the end of the year. When I'm like, hey, maybe we can keep the uh, uh, keep the Golden Knights from making a playoff spot. Maybe we can just move, like you know, mess with other people's standings in the uh, um, in in the playoffs. Like we they force the the Predators down to the wild card spot. Like it's interesting to see chaos happen and i'd love to see it when it's the arizona coyotes causing chaos because carl it, it just makes 
hockey Twitter and just Canadian hockey fans lose their mind that Arizona does something like that. Yep. But let's take a look to at the uh, the three games that I mentioned against teams that are uh, tanking in the San Jose Sharks, the Anaheim Ducks, and the Vancouver Canucks. Um, how does I'm trying to figure out how those games play out because of the fact that these teams are those teams are tanking teams. Uh, I I imagine both teams are going to start. You know. There are a lot of AHL players see what they can do. Uh, I'm thinking Prosvitov gets some, you know, starts for that. Uh, I imagine the other teams are going to do the same. Uh, those to me, like tank offs, they, they are unpredictable, but also less interesting to me than like the teams that are in it and seeing how they perform. Yeah. I think if you are the Coyotes and you're still focusing on the rebuild, Find and like you know if you're you know Andre Torney and Bill Armstrong and like, um find a way to not win those games those three games because I think those are where the point the standings are the most important in trying to get a better standing standing area for the for the tech, for purposes of the tank. Yep, and of course you want ideally you know I mean. It, Going in a ten-game losing streak is out of the picture. Like I don't think the Coyotes can, based off the Coyotes team that we've seen, I don't think that is going to happen. Um, but you have to figure out ways if you're tanking to lose games elsewhere. I mean, the problem is your opponents are also figuring out ways to lose games. So, but. I mean, at a certain point, I think you just got to rely on the quality of the competition. True. True. Any final things you want to do about these final 10 games? It's, it's going to be exciting. Um, the, the Coyote season has been not fun, but exciting. It has been. Last year, we were like kind of getting bored for a while, trying to figure out ways to add really fun content. The Coyotes, for the most part, have made it a little bit easier. We still have gone through some tough stretches where it's like, where we're thinking in our head, what are we even going to do? But the Coyotes have done enough to kind of make some things interesting for us to get some content. Yep. But on that note, we're going to be done for today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Carl is at Carl. Is at, excuse me, he is at five for howling. Almost did that one more, again. Interact with us, ask the question you might have. Interact with us at and uh, we'll answer a question back on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys stay safe out there. Hope you guys stay healthy. And don't forget to howl on. <laughs>